The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I just grabbed this riff, tucked it in, and when I did that, I know who's done. Ladies and gentlemen, Ovince St. Pru. Oh! Huge elbow from Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt and I are still far apart, and uh, Matt is home from Vegas. And uh, yes. we got to start. We have. Uh, we have Marlon Vera waiting um, in the waiting room. And sometimes we have on the Zoom room, we have a, a fighter who's very on time. Hey, Marlon, man, congratulations, bro. Congratulations. Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm a stoke. It was, it was actually pretty cool to see you there the night before. <laughs> and I have, I, have, I have a minute to chat about, you know, fighting and just overall, man. It was, it was a pretty cool fight week. And, you know, I came ready. I came, I came ready for, for a battle. and. That's what I bring. So ready and so relaxed. Jimmy, uh, what Marlon was talking about the night before, I know his striking coach, um, Jason Perillo. And uh, I'm buddies with him. I haven't seen him in a while. So we were hanging out, shooting the shit. And then Marlon was hanging out just the night before, relaxing, bullshitting. We were talking jujitsu and training in the gi. We had a we had a And he was very, I'll tell you right now, very relaxed, very calm. Calm before the storm, Jim. Yeah. Marlon, did you feel like, sorry, did you feel like people were looking at you as, because, you know, Sean O'Malley has been doing so well and, and people are talking about him so much. Did you feel like people were looking at you as just one more fight that he was almost uh, going to win without question? Did you feel like people were overlooking you? I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't, I don't really pay attention to those things. I, I don't, re- like, I mean it. I'm not, I'm not in there, like, searching for those type of comments. I'm not in there like seeing who's going to say, who's saying I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. I'm just, I'm just preparing myself the best I can. I'm getting ready every day. Like, you know, for me, like right now, I ain't living any fucking hype. I'm ready to go back to the gym. I take the day off today. We're doing some remodeling at home. My kids are eating right in front of me in the patio, some pancakes and bacon and 
tomorrow I'm, I go back to lifting and and uh, and the world keep going, you know. Yeah. So honestly, when people ask me like if I was worried about what people say, I don't give two fucks about what people say. And and you said it might have been a leg check, right? You said that you were ready for his kicks, and you and you think you might have checked a a, a kick, and that might have been how how, how he uh, how he hurt his foot. I thought it was from a check because he kicked me twice in the calf hard. And then one of those, I put my shin towards his foot. But now when I rewatch and I see like all the people making the explanation, it was when I give him the kick back. So he kicked me first. Then we kick each other to the body a couple of times, a couple of push kicks, whatever. And then my low kick was right in the spot. You know, so it, it, It's like a clean shot to the chin. You know, Once you get hit in the, in the jaw, you're going down. Doesn't matter. You don't need to be Canelo to knock somebody out. If you hit somebody in the yo, ask Matero what happened to my boy GSP, which is my which is my idol. <laughs> oh, hey man, listen. How uh, you were saying before? I saw this. I believe in the post uh, the post fight uh, speech. Uh, you were saying that he was talking trash before he walking out to the cage. Is oh, that dude, is that true? Dude. I, when I was, you know, you, when you're in behind the court and when you have yeah. the camera in front, tell you like 30 seconds, 10 seconds, okay, your music goes. They were talking wild shit. They were like, oh, he's fucking slow. You're going to fuck him up. And I was like, buddy, you're about to find out something. I'm not I'm not a regular guy that get intimidated or gets weird about what you're saying. I came from fucking Ecuador. I, if you say you're going to fuck me up, you better bring your A game and your bullets ready to go. So I was just, I swear I was calm. You know, in my mind, I was like, uh, you know, you have a conversation with yourself. And I was like, should I say something back? Should I yell something back? And I was like, dude, I was like, you know, I was like Habib face, just blank. I was like, whatever, <laughs> keep talking. Yeah. Because like, you know, one thing is like, let's say we go back and forth in the media day. There's so much security. We cannot fight. If you, if you throw one punch, that's over. So I was like, just wait. I got 15 minutes to to make this boy cry, and that's what I did. I don't answer one thing. I was just calm and just I, I was ready, man. When you're ready, you know that. <laughs> it feels good, right? You know, when you know, you hear him talking st- stuff to you. You know that you could just, in, in a matter of minutes, you're allowed to get your hands on a guy that's talking trash to you. That's that's not allowed anywhere except for maybe prison. Like, I don't know, like, I don't yeah. know. someone talks trash, you got to bite your tongue. You got to, you have to have a sharp tongue back. You can get arrested. You Somebody talking trash to you and you know, you get to have, be locked in a cage with them. It's actually extra motivating. Oh, it's pretty fucking sweet, man. I was just like, hey, it, like, it doesn't matter what you say. We're going to get in a fist fight. And I'm really, I'm very good at that. I'm very prepared. That's why I'm so calm because I know what's going to happen. That's why when the fights are like on the park, then they're getting crazy. I don't, you know, I don't get too crazy. I don't get too excited because, you know, I'm a, I like, I like to like, I like to fight. I love to fight. Like actually, in the locker room, I'm nervous. The previous day, I'm, I'm nervous. Of course, I'm a human, but something happened when I step in the cage. Bring somebody that only came out that night, and I feel that's 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 preparation. That's the hard work. That's uh, just being consistent, being disciplined, have a work ethic that I believe is unmatchable. Like, I just try to be on point year-round. And that's what helped me being so calm and, and collective when I'm in the cage. I was going to say, tell me about growing up in Ecuador. I mean, like, was a little bit growing up. Like, how, what was the first martial art you got into? 
And how young? Well, since I remember, I like I'm not even making this up. In kindergarten, I was getting in fist fights. I used to like to fight. I will, I will, I will, I will pick on somebody so they can push me, and it was on. We will fight, and I will be honest. I get my ass whooped a million times, and I also won a, a couple ones. But it was just that thing. Like I like to fight. Like for example, I will be bothering this kid, bothering this kid, punch him in the face. I lost a fight. It's not like I learned the lesson and I just changed and I stopped. I will, the next day I will keep keep bugging him. I will like, okay, let's go. Let me see if you can do this again. And I, 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 was, just a, I was just a freak. I was, I was just looking for a fight. And, and then when I asked my mom and dad, like, please, please, let me go training. There was a karate gym right in front of the house. They were like, dude, you're not made for this. If you learn how to fight, you're a weapon. You, you don't know how to control yourself. You want to fight. So they don't. They, they let me train for one day. The next day, I kick somebody. I kick somebody in the school, and they were like, "That's it, kid. You're done." And then, and then um, they told me like, "That's it." And then I didn't train anything until I was 17 years old that I started training jujitsu. And then they were like, "Finally, like, okay, you seem to be a little bit more ma- ma- mature. Go." And from that day until today, I haven't have any layoff. Besides, you know, my elbow surgery or anything, I, 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 when I signed up to the Jiu-Jitsu gym, I told the, the, the coach in there, I was like, hey, man, I want to be a UFC fighter. I was like, calm down, kid. I'm like, no, that's the plan for my life. That's it. So you knew it. Did it, did, did it, did it change the way you approached, like, you know, because you said you like to fight. Did it calm you down at all when you, when you really knew you could hurt somebody? Uh, like, did it calm you down outside the, uh, the gym? A hundred percent, man. Once I, I, I become a blue bill and I figured it out like, oh yeah, I can play with other people. I, the desire for fighting was gone. But I was like texting every single promoter in South America like, hey, please give me a fight. Please give me a fight. Hey, like I would like to fight for you. They were like, dude, we don't have the money. I'm like, I'm not asking for money. Yeah. Just send me the poster. You send me the poster that I have a fight so I can find the sponsors to get my flight ticket, my hotel room. And don't worry about my purse. I just need to be known to become a UFC fighter one day. And they were like, dude, are you seriously? And I was like, man. And I will have six fights scheduled back to back, like every two months. And I will fight every two months just because I want to be a UFC fighter. Tell me about your very first experience fighting mixed martial arts in a cage. Because, you know, you were fighting since kindergarten. Right. It's a big difference when you got a set fight in front of people. How did it feel? And how old so, were you? I was, I was, I was 17, about to be 18. So I have to fake my dad's signature. Um, these guys from the capital in Ecuador in Quito, they call me like, hey, somebody fell off. We need a 145er. And I was like, wait a minute. But, you know, I, I'm wild. I want to fight. But I want to make sure I'm fighting somebody like me, like a beginner. Like, yeah, yeah no worries. It's okay. The guy is just like you. I get to the, to the, arena which it was a mechanic a car mechanic place have a shit in the middle of the cars they build a cage what that was like a chicken cage put some jiu-jitsu match in the ground like 60 80 people yelling in it was it was it was why it was like a prison fight and then i was like hey who's my opponent i took okay, it's okay he's like your age he's your way it's okay and then I was looking around, I was like, okay, those guys are too heavy, those guys are too small. And I was like, hey, who's that dark-skinned guy over there warming up in the patch? It seems like he knows what he's doing. 
Uh, then somebody's like, oh, that's the Pan Am's uh, kickboxing champion. I'm like, okay, that's not my fighter, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, that's your opponent. I'm like, dude, you told me I was fighting somebody my age with my skill set. And you just brought me this guy. And I, uh, they told me, like, you're going to be fine. He, he, he. And then when I we researched real quick, the guy has a legit kickboxing record. He was good. Of course, no ground games. It was a, it was a blue belt against a pro kickboxer. When that fight starts, I was shedding my pants. I just closed my eyes and shoot a double leg. The guy kicked me in the stomach. I just, I was like a like a pitbull on a bone. I don't stop chasing the double leg. The double leg. The guy ends taking me down. He was beating me, and then you know, you know, did you to save me all the time at the beginning. I somehow I swept him. I get a number, and I went home in the second round. But I almost died. I almost died. My, 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 my lungs were blow out. I was like, wow, what is this, man? I've been fighting forever. It's a different feeling, man. It's a different animal. But that fight changed my world, changed my life. Like, I came back and my, my, at the time, my wife was my girlfriend. I told her, like, hey, I'm going to become a UFC fighter. And she was like, oh, whatever you say, dude, go for it. <laughs> and now here we are. How does it feel? Growing up in Ecuador, having the path that you know that you, you know you came from there, and now you know you're looking out. Your kids are eating their, their breakfast on the porch. You got your house. You're remodeling. You're a top UFC fighter. You made it, man. Look at this, man. You ever look back been... on your journey and be like, I always told these people I'd be here, and now I'm here. Man, I always look back. I always look back because I feel if you forget where you came from you forget where you want to go. And then those things are the ones that actually motivate me every day because like I was, I was reading this book the other day and they, they have like this caption saying like, you never compare yourself to somebody that is huge next to you because that's going to make you feel smaller. But then if you go and you see where you came from, everything you did to get where you are, you guys are actually almost the same because you know, people that don't have to come from where they're from, they're just from here and they made it big. They had all the resources. I had to leave my country, move my family. So that's the thing that motivated me. Never forget where I came from. Keep my, keep my feet on, on, uh, on earth because that, that's really important. Re- reality check has to be done weekly in order to, to achieve greatness and, and, and be one of the best in the world. Because if you forget those things, you will forget who you are and I feel, you know, you're done when those things happen to you. Yeah, when guys start believing, you're right, the reality check is kind of keeps people grounded and it kind of resets you and, and it seems like it, it gives people something to fight for. But when people don't have that reality check, it, it does seem like people can lose their way very easily. Like all of a sudden they start believing the press about themselves that's good and they think they can't. And, I, and I'm not talking about Sean, I'm saying that it happens to guys in general where they just start believing these things about themselves and that, uh, and they eventually wind up losing it because they, they just, they didn't check ground themselves in reality. Absolutely, man. You can drink your own Kool-Aid. You got to make the Kool-Aid and serve it to people. Let them drink it because you know, that the, the hype, the pressure, the fans, they make you make more money. They make you be more relevant, but you let them drink the Kool-Aid. You don't drink the Kool-Aid. You, you got to keep working. You got to keep hammering. If not, dude, this is a sport of grinders, man. This is a sport for, young people, for grinders, for healthy people. So if you are losing your time being cool, you're going to get a, a, re- a reality check and it's going to hurt. Well, do you, uh, you, obviously it was a very, it was a fast fight. So, and you didn't take a uh, real damage. So, I mean, you, you're obviously ready probably very soon 
to go again. And times are so crazy now. Guys are getting fights thrown at them sooner because somebody will test positive for COVID or they can't travel. Um, so are you, do you have your eye on anybody or, or have you given any thought to it? I mean, because it might come um, up. I think, I, think, uh, I think the fight with Jimmy Rivera has to happen at this point. Sorry. Uh, I think... I think he's been. I think he, he definitely has been running away from me. You know, a couple of years ago, we got the first fight schedule, and then he made millions of excuses that he don't want to beat me up, he don't want to take money from my daughter's surgery back in the day, something that I already make. Uh, I don't want to beat him up because I teach my students I don't be bullies. So, a hundred percent, number one bullshit. Same thing like Habib said. Like I was like, dude, even if you beat me, I can make some money to help my family. So, like, I just feel like I was finding a way out. But, you know, and then before I get a scale to fight O'Malley, that the fight that was happening was me and, and, and Rivera in August 8th. And then when O'Malley beat the way he beat uh, Wyland, they were like, wow, we need to make a big push here. So he made the big mistake of calling me out. The UFC changed the fight. But now, now Rivera can't run. He can go nowhere now. So maybe you against Jimmy. I would love, yeah. I would love I to think, see I that think fight. that's a fight. Just because, let's be real, people want to build up. People want a story behind them. There's something behind there. I think he don't want to fight me. So let's see if he can prove he, he can fight me. Because I, I really feel I can beat him and I can punish him. And if he want to wrestle, he's going he's gonna to go grapple with me. Good luck. I don't think he want to strike with me either. Jimmy, what do you think about I'm asking Jimmy what he thinks about that because you don't know this, Marlon, but in New York City, before this whole COVID before thing Before the COVID before thing, Before yeah. the COVID thing, Jimmy Rivera took on a new student. His new student was Jimmy Norton. Was that bird up there? He's, he's training was. with Jimmy, oh. so he's probably rooting against you. I don't have a dog in the race. I like both you guys. Now, yeah, hold on. Now, the, first of all, this is the first time hearing this. Uh, but however, I, I don't think, uh, of course, if they fought, I have to be with Jimmy. He's, he's my guy. He's my friend. But it's okay. It's okay. I make you both cry. Then. Don't worry. It, it doesn't mean I wouldn't want to see a good fight. I mean, uh, it's still, you still want to see a good fight. You, you can love somebody. Um, but you, you, now, who did you, who did you call out at the end? Who did, who did you mention at the end uh, that you might want to, uh, to, to have a crack at? Did you mention anybody? Oh, I, I haven't, I haven't called nobody out, but. I just tell Sean when I see him, when I saw him afterwards, I'm like, hey, let, when when the UFC get back to Vegas, let's make the fight happen. And he don't he don't tell me no, so I take that as a, as, a, as a yes. So I will see. I will, I will ask my manager what he think. But I feel like right now any fight in the top ten or top five is open right now. Actually, hey, uh, yeah. hey, hey, Cheeto, did you have in your head already like if things went right? That you were gonna jump on the cage and tell Joe Rogan it's the the Cheeto show? Did you did you have that planned, or was that just organic in the moment? The, a lot of things are organic. Uh, how I say it are organic, but I do plan. I, I I like it's crazy. Like weeks before the fight, I get in the mirror and I start talking. I start making the interview. I start saying what I want to say, how I want to say it. And then my wife sometimes she just look at me and she's like, "You're fucking crazy, dude." And then. I started talking alone, and then sometimes I'm in the car and I'm just like, I'm, not, I'm talking in my head, but I'm moving my hands under. I'm like, I'm just like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, hey, you calm down. I'm, I'm making my shit right right now so I don't yes. look like an idiot on TV. <laughs> let, me, let me figure it out. And then she just laughs. She's like, dude, you're too much for me. Like, 
but I, I, I plan. I plan what I want to say. I plan some jokes. If I want to talk shit, I repeat it in my mind. And if I laugh, it's good. It's like a stand-up comedy. Like, if, if you laugh, it's good. If you don't laugh, you're like, ah, that shit maybe is not too good. So I like, I like the entertainment. I like to do it right. So I do put some time on, on that to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, the world is yours, Marlon. You got, hey, what, Sean O'Malley, he, I mean, when I watched, I just watched again the fight. And when I watched the, you know, the, the, the prelude to it, the preview, when they talk about both of you guys, shit, man. I mean, he was getting a lot of shine there. You know what I mean? So it's such a high profile fight. And it was a, a test for him. You just showcased your skills. I, I mean, the whole thing with the ankle, I just, that should not take, I, I hope they know that that's from a kick. I don't want to hear no oh, bullshit. They know, they know, they know. I he watched knows. it again, and when I seen after the kick, then you see him go to, like, put his foot down, and you see it, like, not working right. Like, you see him. I, I say that. I say that matter when, 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 you know, all these casual fans are, like, you know, crying, they're, 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 the, the, the body is sore. I'm like, one, I'm not paying attention. Two, I'm not answering any of those morons. You know, I see people. I see people putting comments on my on my pictures, like going after my kids. I'm like, good luck, man. Keep going. Like every single comment you put is better for me. It's a, it's, you know, my my more comments on my pictures, more likes on my pictures. So I'm like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Like I was laughing. My wife was like, did you see that? I was like, hey, see my face? I don't give too far. Who is that guy? Like I'm like, if if I see that guy face to face. In the street, he's gonna he's gonna either come ask for a picture or run to the other side. So I'm like, don't even don't even pay attention to that baby. So I, like that's that's who I am. Like I really don't pay attention to negativity. Like I absorb everything that is positive and good for my life, and what is not, it just don't come to me. Like I really don't accept it. So when you were saying like it was it was a lot of hype for him, everything, I just knew something they didn't knew, and then. They can, you know, think everybody have an opinion, good for them. But I see, I, I couldn't say it better. He kicked me in the legs. I kick him in the legs. My shirt is stronger, 100%. And you noticed, too, like I didn't notice watching the fight, but I, of course in the replay, you noticed when he took that step and his foot curled. So you kind of, I guess you knew that he was in, in yeah, big trouble. I, I, I saw it, but when the first couple of times he was getting wobbly, you gotta be smart. We saw like that's what I was telling Matt the day before the fight. I'm a nerd. I saw every single UFC fight, maybe ever. So remember when those two guys, the body shot, the guy hurt the guy. If you run too fast, yeah, he running through a big punch. So when I saw him wobbling, I was like, "Don't get crazy. You got 15 minutes. You break one leg." That's why when he changed his stances, I was like, "Good for you. Keep that leg away. I keep chopping the other one because." Once something is hurt, it's all mental. It's either you are strong enough to overcome or you're going to do what happened. Just break because he falls on the ground, grab the ankle, punch the stomach, secure the bicep, rip the elbows to the face. And the second elbow lands, he was making noises. He was out. So, is that what now? happened? But so the was the ref was stoppage. right there. Yeah. Oh, I, be I believe it was a good stoppage. And then if Herb wouldn't stop it, he will eat a lot of elbows. And then second round was coming. I was fresh like a cucumber. 
Yeah, he didn't. He didn't seem like he was. He was about to get up. So the the people, even people said the stoppage was was. Pretty, it didn't matter. I mean, a couple more elbows. It would. It, it didn't look like anything was different was going to happen there anyway. Um, he was in. He was in bad shape. He was for sure. Like, and you know, if the, I, I'm a pretty honest person, if I was thinking the stoppage was soon, I would say yes, it was soon. But guess what? I still winning. Fuck you. So. And he couldn't even walk out of the octagon, so he couldn't even walk out. Right. Yeah. So it's like, hey, man. It wasn't that a bad was, stuff, yeah, yeah. No, that was, and I, that was that elbow. That one elbow was nasty as hell. Yeah, the le- I, that, that was, that's my strong arm. The left one. When, 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 the, when the elbow lands, I can feel how his cheekbones eat everything. Look, it was. I mean, he went out for a couple of seconds. Then he wake up. That's when Herb didn't stop it. His head bounced. When he came back, he covered back up. He was out, and then. It was pretty fucking sweet, man. You must have been feeling good too, knowing like I mean, I mean, even though he was, he's a good fighter, and to know that you had him in this kind of shape in the first round, I mean, that that had to be such a great feeling to know. Like, I'm going to end this fight. Uh, you, you must have sensed that Herb was going to stop it once you started dropping the elbows. I I have a pretty good sense of of when to go, when to stop, urgency. So I feel that my my Parillo told me that all the time. My instincts are, are are pretty good, so we work a lot on those things, and and it, it was good to do that in the first round because you know he was finished a lot of guys in the first round, but you know I'm not those guys, and then me doing that to him, he just proved what Cormier said before: there's levels for this game, like you know that's what that's what you need to this belt ranking. You know, a white belt will never do nothing to a black belt, you know, so. There's levels for this, and I work really hard to stay on top, you know. This type of wins, this type of publicity, it's not like I'm like, okay, I will slow down. I'm going <laughs> to go even harder now, uh, more seriously now, asking more questions, figuring out things. Like, I'm hungry, man. I'm not, I'm not fucking around. You know what I noticed with him, Jimmy, is there's no outside distractions, Marlon. I see you. You're very, for 27 years old, you are very mature, man. You have your family, it looks like, and you have your work ethic with your training, and that you got your circle, and you're straight with that, man. That's what's, that really has to contribute to your success. That you don't, it's, that's, that, 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 uh, you couldn't see better, man. I'm like, I don't, I don't take time of my schedule for anything that is not beneficial for my life. The only thing I do outside fighting is surf a lot. And oh. guess what? That gave me in a crazy shape. I surf <laughs> a lot. Like this morning oh, I didn't surf because I have these guys coming to fix my house. I need to help my wife supervise. Yeah. And you know, I need to help her because they're like, that's a lot of people working. But yeah, uh, my friend called me at 6 a.m. You want to go surf? I'm like, ah, let's do it tomorrow. I got people coming at 8. <laughs> but I surf almost every day. Oh. I'm going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go surf with Kelly this week too. So I'm not. That that's my favorite sport, actually. That is my favorite. At six sport. in the morning, you go. Wow, you go. You go. That is that just to beat crowds, or is it is it different in the morning, or you just want to be there before anybody else is? I think it's kind of sometimes it's better at that time. There's no wind. the The waves are like cleaner, so you want to surf good when you want to go. Because when the fight gets close, my coaches are like, "Dude, you gotta stop surfing. You're overtraining." I'm like, "Yeah, but mentally, that's what take me out." Yeah, that, it's got to be so, beautiful that time in the morning. It's got to be nice. Oh man, man it's you know it's, it's cold. You know we have a wet too, but it's surfing is the best sport in the world, man. That take your mind away from everything. It's healthy for you. Yeah, it's, it's just a cool sport, man. I, like, I love it. It's like active rest. So even on a day where you're off from the gym, 
like you could do that. It's like an active oh, rest, like, right? Like we train, we train at, at 11 at Oyama. So sometimes I go at eight. I surf all the way till 10.30. I, I see my watch, run to the gym. Just put borders back and I shop in the gym with a little bit of sand. That is so, that is so awesome. And it was nice to see, um, besides Jason Perillo, who I love, is uh, Colin Oyama. He was, uh, uh, Jimmy, he's a uh, Rampage's old trainer. Oh, okay. So he's an old school guy. He also worked with Tito and him. He's, uh, yeah, I love seeing some old school guys still in there. And yeah. they don't get, no, you don't hear their name as much. And they're, they're excellent trainers. I mean, obviously. Yeah, he's a great coach. He had, he's a good Muay Thai. Uh, he was actually the first coach I had when I moved to California. Uh, and then, you know, I started, like, I, started, I started getting better, finding harder fights. So then I add Jason Parillo because he's a, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. I have, a, you know, Daryl Christian, have my wrestling. He was in Tana, my jiu-jitsu. And then I just started to, like, match. Because, like, just, just think about it. The, the fights I'm going to face in the top five, they have fucking bad motherfuckers as a coach. You know, you got, you, you, right now you got, you got Matt Terran Ray Long, but that's, that's probably one of the best corners. I love seeing those guys yelling. I'm like, these guys are fucking fun. And then, I had, um, I saw Alderman and, and Ray Long go okay. the hotel the day before the fight and Ray, look, we make icons, it's like, hey, you better stop this bullshit, kid. Go in there and fight. I'm like, <laughs> Thank you, man. I will trust me. I'm gonna bring it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's very important to have a good relationship with your coaches and trust them. And you know, I see that you have that with your guys, and that's a that's that's because oh, everybody's yeah, looking for something better, something better. So, and it's it's a, it shows a weakness in them. So it's like the fact that you have that that tight circle, you're surrounded by good people. It definitely contributes to your it, success, man. It, it's it's all that matters. You need to be with people that make you feel good. If you don't, if if I feel bad by any means, I gotta make changes in my life. Like I talk to them, but you know, you you just gotta be. I feel if you're honest, if you say what you feel, if you don't say anything, things should be fine. Yeah. Hey man, you're doing. Hey, listen, you as a guy who's been in the sport a while, you're doing everything right, my friend. Everything right. Yeah. You deserve. The, you, you man. deserve. You deserve the success. That you're having, you know. Thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate this work coming from you. Thank you, man. Yeah. And uh, and good luck, obviously, against uh, anyone you fight, unless it's Jimmy Rivera. <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> anybody else? I wish you luck. Uh, you great fight. Thank you, man. Hey, I, I I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah right, it's good. To, it's good talking to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Because, like I said, you took no damage, and uh, we look forward to watching you again. That was a great, great night for you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both. All right. Congrats yeah, again. Be good. Take care, Mark. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a nice guy. Yes. And Marab, I, I, I was going to mention, but we just wound up going in a different direction. Marab, didn't Marab mention wanting to fight him? He did? Yeah, they're saying, uh, at least I was reading, that Marab had uh, talked about wanting to fight him. Uh, well, listen, I am, great fight. I'm excited for both guys. You know what I mean? He wants Jimmy Rivera. I think that's an exciting fight. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, there's so many exciting fights to come. Speaking of Marab. Oh, Jimmy. Incredible. Jimmy, I'm so I am so happy. I'm so happy, Jimmy. It was weird to see John Dodson out moved by a guy. Like cuz you're so used to seeing John Dodson be the guy who is cuz he's such a fast his literally his ability to not be kept on the ground is I don't think I've ever seen anybody better getting up. But but to watch a guy like legs, yeah. Marab move and, and, and outwork him. It was crazy to watch John Dodson be made to look the way John Dodson usually makes people look. Does that make any sense? A hundred percent. No, I know what you're saying. I thought it was interesting after the, when I watched it on tape after the first round, um, he, uh, Dodson, you know, he, he goes to his corner guy. Uh, he's just hugging me, you know, that's, a, and, and, and uh, <laughs> the first thing I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I mean, he was working the hell out of you against the, the cage. And it's funny. I'll talk about the commentary being spot on. Joe Rogan said right after that, that, um, that, he, that he's like, that, he, he thought that was very, uh, he didn't think that was correct at all. He, was, he thought that was interesting that he said that. He goes, because he's not only keeping him up against the cage, he's working the hell out of his legs. I mean, Jimmy, he was softening him up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when I heard that, when he said he's just hugging me, I thought to myself, that's, that was almost, it almost felt like a little bit of face saving to the coaches. Like, cause he really wasn't doing anything and he couldn't get out of it. And, uh, and Marab was just really barraging his, the back of his legs with, with knees. And I'm like, he's just saying something to his coaches to explain, ah, that was nothing which just happened. But I, I was surprised he said that too. It was like, he was, yeah, it was clear that he was getting he battered against the cage. His legs. It was, uh, it was frustration. It looked like, you know, and I love Dotson, man. He's a, he's an yeah. entertaining guy. I think that they were waiting for He gets guys coming in, you know? So, you know, the game plan with Marab with standing up was patience. Don't just run in, set it up. He was doing his feints. His feints were important. And with Marab, you don't know whether, you know, he's striking or shooting. You know what I mean? There was one point he did like a back fist, uh, then he ducked, he came back with the right hand. He was fucking, he was all over the place. And his gas tank is ridiculous. Yeah. It was hysterical between the second and third round. It's like, we. he's like, hi, I'm with the game plan. I'm listening to you guys. This is what I do. And we're like, hey, call, listen, let yeah. us get a word in. No, he's hysterical. He's just, he's just, he's something else. In the beginning of the third round, when he gives the yell, 
And he gives the yell and Dotson yells back. Ah, ah. It was just, dude, how could you not love that guy? You know, you know when that's going to really benefit Marab even more too. I mean, more than it even helps him now is when he starts getting five round fights. That, oh the, that the ability to do that. And then yeah. going into round four and five oh, He's made with that, that type of energy. Yeah. That, that's where that stuff is really going to pay off uh, because guys obviously tend to wither a little bit in, in the fourth and fifth round, and he doesn't seem like he loses anything. Um, he had great sparring for it. You know, we got this 125-er, Pumi, and he's just like catching grease lightning. You can't catch that kid. Yeah. So he was, he was great sparring. Um, the uh, Villasin, this other this other kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna get his correct name. I know, get it for I will, Jimmy, because I feel bad. But we're just talking about it and shit, man. I only have so much room in my my head, Jimmy. That's okay. I gotta remember. But uh, and also the real like like secret weapon, man. And they say you know the old saying of iron sharpens iron, and is uh, Aljo Aljo and Marab's relationship. They're they're training. They just really. And Aljo, the same could be said for Aljo, like Marab for him, like pushes him. Yeah. He said it before. He says it, he says it is, uh, in almost every interview. Like that's his secret weapon for his cardio is Marab. And Marab's yeah. working with Aljo, who obviously is, you know, right there going for the title and he's top of the heap and, and so skilled. So, I mean, they just keep each other so sharp and it's such great training. It's, it's really great that they have, they have each other, you know? And we, by the way, we still don't know any before I forget to ask you, obviously we still don't know. Aljo, I want to see, get a, a shot at that title badly. And I think he deserves Everybody it. I, I think does. he's done everything that he's had to do. Yeah. He's answered. And uh, I mean, especially after that last, I mean, you know, that, that first round submission of uh, Sanhagen. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's just the right thing for him to get the, the shot. Hey man, I, you, you don't got to tell me twice. I'm with you, buddy. I just, uh, I think that's the obvious choice. I think when, I think, I'm telling you, Dana, when he gets hit with these questions, sometimes from what I'm seeing, like it's at a, not at a left field, but it's like, you know, uh, I, I've seen him when we were in Abu Dhabi and then they're asking him, he's like, oh, I can't even like think about that now. Like there's only so much he can address at one time, you know? So I think when everybody sits down and, and look, looks at it, you know, the matchmakers, everybody, they got to be like, hey, come on, man. Everybody wants to see Aljo yeah. uh, versus Jan. Jan. You know yeah, what I mean? Course. And they even have, the, and even like the clash of uh, of personalities, like they, they're going back and forth some. It's good. That's going to be a fight that everybody be watching, you know, and especially after how he, what, what happened with him and Corey Sanhagen. Before we get, um, we do have Travis Barker coming on the show and o Ovin St. Pru, who I love and you do too. We're trying to get, we're hoping that we can work it out to get him in. Before we do, we should do a couple of our picks really quick. Okay. Uh, I got to be honest, uh, Matt had a banner evening. I had a good me a good evening? What does banner mean? Like Bruce amazing, Banner? Amazing, amazing. Oh, so you could have just said amazing. The main event was uh, an incredible uh, decision. And I thought, you know, it was funny. They, they showed Brett Okamoto's tweet in the first. He thought that Cormier won that first round. I thought Stipe won that first round. I, I thought Stipe, I had Stipe going three to one into the fifth round. I took Miocic by third round stoppage and you picked Cormier by decision. Incredible fight. Um, really great. Cormier was, I, I think, had a tremendous fourth round, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. And I know they said Cormier, uh, Stipe had a great third and I thought Stipe won the first two. Uh, they were close, but I remember thinking it was three to one going into the fifth. Um, well, I mean, 49-46. Up right. until the way that second round ended. 
It was the second round where he That's was right. almost mouth. He was mouthed. Yeah, the yeah, but just he got saved. Yeah. And up until that point, though, it was a very uh, good round for DC, right? I'm trying to listen. I had to rush back to the hotel because it's not like the old days where I'd be watching this in the green room. <laughs> this is sure. we, it's it, to watch it there. You don't watch it there. You they get you. It's it's kind of cool though because you're in, you're out. We get we got to the uh, the Apex Center. And then within a couple of hours, Rob's fighting, and you you bring your bags with you, like that's in that in the in the big uh, warm up room we were at. Everything goes with you, and they have it like waiting for you at the car. Like you're right. You fight, they, he does his interviews, get checked by the doctor, this and that. We're out of there. So and I they're, they're probably cleaning the room when you're done. Yeah. When, oh yeah, they do. probably clean the room for the next person. Right? Yeah, it's nutty. So and there was only one other person with us, like away from us, and then they got and then a, a, a prelim, and then. It just it's just a really quick, quick process. Oh, so my point was I had to get back and watch this thing on my on my fight pass on my I have a, on my iPad, like at the hotel. So if it gets blended, you know, it, it was, you know, I don't know what the fuck my point is. My point is that uh, when I get I'm confused of the which round it was the second round that he barely got out of. But before that, yes. he was he was doing very well in that round. DC. He was. I, I thought it was steep. A. And again, I can go back and watch it again. But I yeah. remember thinking that Stipe won the first two rounds. Very close. Uh, but you're right. He, he was doing DC, – DC would look good in the second, but at the end of it got very, very uh, scary for him. Yeah, they asked, uh, they asked Stipe if he thought that that would have been it if there was no – if it was like in the middle of the round or earlier. And he said, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that was a rough one. Because, you know, then you did hear, you know, DC. And DC's tremendous to come back from that, man. Tremendous. I mean, that is just – yeah. That is amazing. Third round, he collected uh, himself. It seemed, yes. like, it seemed like the third round, he kind of just, you know. Well, Jimmy, between the second and third, yes, between the second and third, after that happened, he actually asked if he'd been dropped and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, so yes. that's, always, yes. that's, a scary, that's always a scary sign. That's all right. All right, look, that, that shows you how close it was to the finish. Yeah. But for him to come back like that, not a lot of guys are, Jimmy. That's right. You know, and he did. He came back yeah. great. I'll tell you, some of those punches off the, like, off of them breaking, like, you Amazing. know, what I mean? off the clinch, yeah, he's so which is so crisp and he just whips them. But man, Stipe, I'll tell you what, first of all, he looked in phenomenal shape, Stipe. Thinner. I said that Thinner. From, yeah. I said that from watching Embedded. I think I saw, I'm like, dude, I, I see him in the pool. You just look in shape, man, like athletic. And, uh, and I'll tell you right now, he still has his chin, that's for sure, because he could take a shot. Yeah, you know? he sure can. They both, Didn't they trade eye pokes too? There was so much about. Yes, sorry, yes. I, I thought they, a lot was made about the eye poke, um, but I thought that Cormier poked him early. But am I correct Earlier. about that? Yes. Yeah. I thought they. It yeah. just it happens, especially with the way Cormier kind of puts puts the hand out to, to grab. Yeah, yeah. Even sometimes they rush you. Your hand comes up to yeah defend yourself. It just it's just an instinct. Human it's human nature. Yeah, man. You're not gonna put the hand down if something's coming. You know, but you got to remember to keep the closed fist. But Dude, it's it's rough with these gloves, but yeah, he got poked first, Stipe. Yeah, and then DC DC got poked after that. But in the fourth, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's a rough situation like that. You're fighting, you know, literally with one eye. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very hard. He said he could only see black, so hopefully his eye is okay. Uh, but I think the important thing of that was congratulations to Stipe, who did look incredible because Cormier looked great too. Cormier looked great. He just you know, he just didn't look as good as Stipe. And more importantly, was my um, my pick was correct, and um, now we were both incorrect. Sean O'Malley over um, uh, Marlon. We both took O'Malley, but again, he was eleven and zero or twelve and zero at the time. He looked amazing, 
And uh, not not that uh, Vera didn't look good. I mean, he, you know, a lot of people feel he was robbed in that split decision and in that uh, sorry that decision that he lost. Um, but O'Malley, look, he got hurt early, and whether or not that was uh, him hurting himself or, or Vera hurting him, he still he had a leg injury, and, and Vera capitalized. It's weird when you see someone not see an injury in the cage, and you're watching it like uh, this guy is missing. You you ever see that? I forget who the the fighter was, but there was somebody I think had broken their foot. And he just didn't, uh, his opponent just didn't catch it. And the fight wound up ending and he lost the decision. So well, here's uh, something funny, Jimmy. Sure. It's, it's kind of awkward, but it's cool because it's like the behind the scenes shit. So remember, you know, Marlon, you know, Cheeto Vera, he was telling us that uh, he's, you know, he's telling you, hey, it was good hanging with you and seeing you the night before. Right. Remember him saying that to me? So uh, what's funny is, I was I saw Jason Perillo earlier and he's like, yo, what you doing later, man? Let's 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 catch up a little. So I was hanging out with Jason, you know what I mean? Uh not with Marlon yet. And, you know, uh, whatever, man. We were just uh catching up, shooting the shit, getting our head straight, you know, for the for the day, the next day. You know what I mean? Jimmy, wink wink, get my head straight. So we were doing that, and then we came in, you know, so we were, you know, we're happy and shit, and we're talking about fights and, and just bullshitting in general. We brought up our old friend, BJ Penn, and, you know, whatever, a lot of catching up. And he was baking cookies. Real cookies, not, nothing, nothing in them, real chocolate chip cookies. So then we're fucking eating cookies, me and, and Jason Perillo, forcing another one on me. I told him I don't want one, yeah, he insists. Delicious cookies. Marlon comes in, and he's hanging out with us in the room now. So now, we're, now listen, you got to understand where our heads are at. We're a little, you know, we're hanging. We're in a good mood. The next day's the fight. We're relaxed. We're, we can't leave the hotel. Everybody's quarantined. So all of a sudden, so he's, he might have been a little bit more silly. He might have had a couple of shots too. I don't know. So then Jason's telling me, he's like, all right, you know, we're talking about the fight tomorrow. He's, he's talking about how, you know, how Marlon's such a hard worker and the kid's this and that. He's a fighter. And he was saying, like, it was nice. It was, it was real. I could tell they have a nice relationship. And Marlon's there. I mean, Marlon was talking about, you know, jiu-jitsu so then all of a sudden jason goes he's talking about the hype of sean o'malley and he goes and now uh, you know hey you hey come on man what and you did you do a you know who, who are you picking for the fight did you do a did you do an online pit did you do an on-air pick <laughs> jimmy, uh. jimmy i go jimmy i'm sitting down like this i'm sitting and now marlin's to my left i go jason's right there the door's between us I go, dude, what are you going to do? I go, are you going to make it awkward? I go, are you going to lock the door and say, I can't leave? I go, be careful, Jason. I go, we're laughing, you know. And then I go, come on, man. I go, listen, don't make it awkward. This is what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that with me, when I was fighting for GSP, with GSA, it's like, take the fight with GSP. If I held anything against anybody that didn't pick me in that fight, that, that, that picked him or had some stuff, I wouldn't talk to anybody. Like, nobody yeah. So it's his job to prove everyone wrong, you know? Yeah. So that was my way of uh, answering. Slithering it. out of it. Slithering no. out of it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say, what do you want me to say? I'm, no, hey, I, I'm picking them out. Well, because also you got to remember, I'm having, this is after, I'm having a nice conversation with this, this Marlin. And, and, I'm, and you know, I'm like, man, this kid's a nice kid. Yeah. And I'm, I'm finding out a little bit about him. He's, and then Jason's talking about his training. So all of a sudden, if we talk about all that, and the night before the fight, I'm going, yeah, I'm picking O'Malley. It's not so much about me I understand. not looking like, like oh, like not having faith in the guy. Why no. are you smirking? Because I understand. Why it's, are you smirking? No, you don't I'm, understand. It, it's so awkward. It's two different reasons. It's awkward. Your it's reason to be like, oh, I hope this guy don't get mad at me. My reasoning is, I don't want to ruin this kid's. I don't want to have, 
this because he's being very he's, he's so like respectful yeah i don't want this kid to think that oh this kid i know is is not uh yeah this kid this guy who i respect is he doesn't even believe in me that type of thing yeah 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 i understand it's awkward and, and you know what we also <laughs> we none of us want let, let's talk to osp who what? uh we, we have uh, OSP. He's ready over in St. Peru. Now, let's, but we, we've all picked against people who we, and we feel bad when we tell them because we're not picking against them because we don't respect them. I know. You pick it wasn't, I listen, O'Malley because sounds, I thought O'Malley looked great. It sounds, was, you know, it sounds more awkward than it was. It wasn't yeah. awkward at the moment. I just thought you'd think that would be brief. I'm very funny. happy that happened. I'm oh, very dude, happy. It was a, oh, my God. But, dude, listen. I know how to handle situations. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I know how to do it. I don't even. I made that into something motivating. Here's how I would have handled that. I, you had a, I made it to something motivating. I would have I lied. I would have lied. I would have lied. No, we don't do online picks. I would have lied <laughs> to my teeth. I mean, I yeah. couldn't do that. Oh, I could have. Oh, uh, hi, buddy. It's good to talk to you again. Um, we were just talking about the awkwardness. Like, you know, we do this show and we do our picks and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. When, when somebody, if somebody picks against you, um, and, and is it awkward for you when you talk to that person or do you not even think of it because it's just kind of a part of what you do or how does that affect you personally as a fighter? It really don't just because, I mean, they got, you know, people got their reasons or whatnot. So, you know, sometimes, uh, um, they want to, they, they, they'll be like, okay, I'm going to pick this guy for this, that, and the third, but you know, they got their reasons. So it don't bother me. You know, it's my job. As long as I go in there and perform, that's all that matters. You're a bigger man than me, Ovens. I used to get so when I used to fight, I found out somebody picked against me, and I would just—it's not—I wouldn't want to talk to the guy. I'd be like, <laughs> sure when I think about it now, because now I'm in—you know—I'm the guy behind the mic now. So uh, it's weird, but I, I took it personal. But I guess every—you know—but then again, because you, you, it's not like someone's picking you to lose at trying to make some hoops. They're—you're gonna—they're saying somebody's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> So it's kind of weird. I mean, that's true, but right? you know, with me, I mean, that is true. But with me, I've I've always had the mentality like I know something that you don't know. That's that's what I'm. That's the right attitude, Jimmy. And that mentality, like, if I have that mentality, I'm good. I'm I'm definitely good. And how are you feeling about uh, Alonzo uh, Menafield, who has looked incredible? I uh, I think he's nine and I don't have it in front of me. I believe nine and one. He took his first loss. Um, and it's always interesting to me to see how a guy responds when being undefeated for more than a couple of fights and then, and then they take a loss. How do they respond? And, and some guys go on streaks where they, they just can't get a win. And other guys, like, you know, Ngano, he lost two and then he comes back and he's won three. But then some guys, it really affects negatively. What are you, what are you expecting from, uh, from him? And do you think of that at all? No, not necessarily. I mean, he's still a relatively young fighter in the UFC. Um, so um, um, I just it, – it's crazy because I found out about the fight. I was taking a nap Thursday. I woke up and I looked at my phone and I had an email saying I had to sign a contract. Then I seen the opponent. And I was like, oh, when did this happen? All this happened when I was asleep. But I'm used to it. Um, I've been there before, so I can't complain. I think it's more of a – it, it, it's more for him, like, you know, the competition for him is going up or whatnot. So I'm used to that. So I'm not worried about it at all. Um, you know, I've fought some of the best guys in the world. And, you know, I I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of doing. And actually, the way I'm feeling right now is crazy, too. So I'm good. Do you feel like, too, I, I like watching, and we've talked about this, I think, with Brunson Shabazzian. Like, I like 
watching a young guy who's really, really uh, on fire, kind of just winning fights and looking great, fight a veteran, to see how they handle, like, because again, there's nothing that he's going to throw at you that you haven't seen before. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he can't win the fight, but you've seen everything he's going to do. Do you like fighting these guys that don't have the experience that you have, knowing that you have probably done things that they haven't seen, but they're not going to throw anything at you that you're not familiar with? Man, it don't bother me at all. At the end of the day, it's putting the paycheck in my back pocket. You know, I'm an entertainer. That's what I'm going to do is perform. And, you know, they want to bring them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cash in. And, you know, sometimes those cash in might come up with a little bonus of 50,000. So May 20th, your fight with Ben, that was, was that was with, was that with a crowd or no? That was without a crowd. Yeah, without a crowd. Oh, that's one of the first fights without a crowd. How did it feel? How did it feel in there without the crowd? Man, to be honest, man, like, like I thought about it, I was thinking about it over and over again, like that fight right there. I think if I would have, being that it was my first fight at heavyweight and being that I went up a weight class, um, I was actually a little nervous. And Ben Roth was one of those heavyweights who's extremely durable. Like, he fought five different guys out with a heavyweight champ, and he fought the who's who at heavyweight. And me coming up to and me coming up to heavyweight, like, I was like, okay, I know he's really, really durable. Um, all I got to do is stay away from his big punches. He got a good guillotine. And I dropped him twice. And, I, and I, it caught me off guard both times. But still, though, it's just like, you know, in hindsight, I go back, I should look at it and be like, I should have stayed in the face a little longer. Because his, his punches wasn't really affecting me, and I know my punches are real affecting him. And it's, I'm a light heavyweight coming up to heavyweight, and I dropped the heavyweight twice that hasn't been dropped by the who's who's of heavyweights. And, um, and, and before we, uh, we let you go, we're running a little behind here. Uh, we, we, I do want to ask you, what was the, the final motivation in getting you to move up? What, is it something that were you just sick and tired of the cuts or, or did you feel like, you know, like Jones talks about possibly moving up because he feels like, you know, maybe he's fought most of the people he wants to fight in that division. What was it a combination of things? No, it wasn't that. I mean, the opportunity presented itself. It was a fight that we talked about before. If I was to go up to heavyweight, the cuts ain't bad. The only reason the cuts usually are bad because I make them bad on myself. Um, you know, um, and that's the only reason, like even right now, you know, I'm, it's a Monday and I'm fighting on Saturday and I just checked my weight a while ago. I'm 220 right now. And by the end of the night, I'll probably be floating around 218, 219. So, you know, going into fight week, I'm going to have, only have 13 pounds to cut. And I'm usually cutting on average. This is the first time in a while I'm, I'm coming in fight week. Pretty, my, my weight is low. Um, Typically, I'm walking in fight week when I get there on Tuesday and I check my weight. I'm checking typically like, you know, 226, 227, okay. but I'll be about 218 now. Well, you guys are the co-main event this, uh, this Saturday against uh, Edgar versus Munoz. You, you and uh, Alonzo Menafield, I'm very interested to see this fight because uh, I love watching you. I, I really, really always enjoy you. And uh, just to see a guy, I want to see how he responds uh, to taking that first loss. Um, and it's, he, he has a, a very tough task ahead of him dealing with you so uh thank you, thank, you. thank you for coming on i know we juggled schedules we appreciate you even giving us a few minutes and accommodating i, I know that you they, they your time oh, no worries no worries and, uh, you're welcome on here anytime we love having you on and um i guess we will talk to you soon have a great fight co-main event this saturday night uh in vegas thanks Owens. thank you sir thank you
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's going on, you guys? What's How are you, buddy? We're I'm good. great. How are you guys doing? Hey, just going me... over our picks from the fight. We're just talking about the uh, about the fight, and uh, we both did fairly well this week with with picks. It's, they're getting increasingly hard to pick uh, fights. It's it's very difficult to have a good record of picking fights. Yeah, you know, I find like my heart pick picks one guy, and then my head picks another. You know, it, especially yeah, like it, going into the Steve Cormier fight, I was like, oh, my heart's with DC, but. Stipe looks so good, and I just, ah, oh man, he was just, he, he was, I don't know, so strong in that fight. It was such a great fight. It was. It yeah. was such a great fight. It lived up to it, and it was it was a great end to a, the, the trilogy. Yeah. But I feel the same way, man. Like, uh, I, my, I, and not only that, it's so, so uh, out there, our picks. So when I see, run into these guys, I actually feel bad, you know, Travis? Because I used to fight, and when people picked against me, I used to be like, ah, you see, sucker. I used to get mad. <laughs> And now, and now I know what it's like, and this is my job with this. So, whatever, man. You gotta have thick yeah, skin. Yeah, you know, that uh, that bit me in the in the butt one time. I was like, I was at a UFC fight, and John Jones comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh, Trav, like such a pleasure to meet you. You're my favorite drummer, or whatever. I grew up playing drums in church." And he's like, "But why do you always why do you always pick against me? Why why do you always want me to lose?" And I was like, "Oh no, like," and I really up, did like. I've always loved Jones. I think there was just a time, like, I, and I think I had tweeted something. It was the last time I ever tweeted anything, like saying I, I did, I want one fighter to win and another fighter to lose. But it was like he was just invincible and unstoppable. And I was just yeah. like, oh man, like I shouldn't have said it because he is my favorite fighter. I just wanted to see him like continue to grow and be humble. And, yeah. and I don't know, it, but it, yeah, it caught up to me. But now we're close friends, and, and it's awesome. But. It's weird too, like when you like the guy, like you know, I I like DC and I like Stipe personally very much. So it's like all I want to see, like I didn't give a shit who won. I like both of those guys so much. What do I care? I I just don't want to see anybody get embarrassed. Like I was happy it went the distance, and both of those guys go out of it looking good. Like you know, because I like them both, so I, I don't want to see either one of them be embarrassed and get knocked out in the first or second round. Yeah, it went the distance, and and both fought a good fight. It wasn't like someone just destroyed somebody. And uh, yeah, I mean. It takes so much. I have so much respect for anyone that gets in the ring. Period. It's you, you can't really bet against anyone. Like any anyone, uh, it takes so much balls to just step into that ring, and, and so much athleticism and hard work. Like I, I just have the utmost respect for him. Uh, Travis, let me ask you. Uh, the last time I spoke to you, uh, I was doing looking for a fight. 
with Dana and we were, we were in LA and we went, Jimmy, we went to the most delicious. I had Italian food there. I don't know if the whole place was Italian, but it was a vegan Italian food. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. I had like a meatball sandwich. It wasn't meatball. It was something else. And it was, but yeah. it tasted like meatball. the pasta is delicious. And it was Travis's, it's your place. Or you had a part of the place. Or? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a spot that I'm a partner in. It's called Crossroads. Crossroads. Oh my yeah. God, Jimmy. I'd be vegan if I could eat that. Are, are you a vegan? Yeah. Do you do you do you are vegan? I am vegan, yeah. But I was laughing because I, I had been watching, like looking for a fight for a while, and I had seen some of the spots they were eating. And Dana's like, "Hey, we want to go to your spot." It's like this is going to be so cool because, like, I that's like the true test, like having like people who eat meat eat there. But but that's kind of like our our uh, I think maybe like eighty percent of our customers are meat eaters that just go there because it's like a foodie spot, like it's just good food. You know, so yeah, I was honored when when uh, Sarah and everyone pulled up there. <laughs> is it? Did it? Is is it surviving this whole ordeal with the COVID? I hope. Yeah, we're so fortunate. I think when you went there, it definitely didn't have the outdoor seating, but we've always had room for outdoor seating, oh. and we actually use it now because of like COVID. So you yeah. can only sit outside, but it's a vibe. It's really cool out there, and uh, yeah, we've been very fortunate. Or yeah, we it would be a wrap. And you're not one of the guys who wants to leave LA. It's funny. There's a lot of people leaving LA uh, uh, recently, just, just moving out for whatever reason. You're still happy being there or have you been kind of spending your time in and out? I know it's crazy. We're seeing like Rogan leave and shops leaving a lot of uh, it's, it's a trip. Now for what I do, I really need to be here. I'm in, I'm in the studio with a different person every day, all hours of the night. I usually work till around like five or 6 a.m. I couldn't do that anywhere else. And I, and I like that workload and just fast paced. So this is kind of the spot for me for the time being. Did you grow, did you grow up there, Travis? I grew up really close here. I was born in uh, Fontana and then I just kind of moved all around here. I was a trash man in Laguna Beach. Now I live in Los Angeles. So yeah, all around Southern California. Oh, you were, you were a garbage man for how long did you do that for? Yeah, I moved to Laguna Beach to like join a punk band and I was a trash man for about a year, year and a half. And then I started touring with a bunch of different bands. So it was, it was cut short, but I enjoyed being a trash man. I was cool. And, and I just, you know. Now, now I'm a huge Blink-182 fan. It's always, it's been playing in my school since 2001 at my first academy. It's like, what do you put on? Put on Blink-182. I, I love it. No, I love cool. it. I, now, was there, and forgive me if I get this wrong, was there a, di there was a different drummer, right? Yeah, because so I, there was a different yeah. Yeah. yeah, they started with a different drummer. His name was Scott. And I was actually on tour with an opening band. I was in the opening band. And one day he, he had said, like, I'm not playing the show. I'm going home. I don't know what to tell you guys. So they rushed to my dressing room and they were like, yo, we have to go on in 40 minutes. Like, could you possibly learn like 20 songs and we, we play these next shows? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then I did it. And, um, you know, it's like that, that old saying, like, don't get ready, stay ready. And yeah. I was just always practicing. I'd kind of watch their sets, never with the idea that I was going to play it, but I would just watch them and support them. Just like, I guess you would another fighter before, you know, your event, yeah. whatever. And uh, yeah, it paid off because, you know, after those shows, they said, I, I want you to be our drummer. It's why so did he leave? Sorry, yeah. Matt. Why did he leave? Did he, was, it, was it a personality clash with the band or was he sick or did you ever find out why he left? No, nah, he actually like went home that day. I think he was having like a relationship issue or something. Well, I hope he married that chick. I'll tell yeah, you right. same, same. But yeah, you never know. And that's kind of been my, my 
my whole thing, like that's how I've gotten, you know, that's kind of my success story was being in the right place at the right time and, and just being ready when, when someone says, hey, can you play the show in two days? Yes. Like, can you play the show in 30 minutes? Yes. Yeah, but you just were, ready. It, but chemistry is everything. I can't picture that band without you though. It's not like, it's not like, they threw not not like this Van Halen, but like Sammy Hagar with Van with David Lee. It's not. I don't. I mean, and I'm not dissing this other guy. I just remember him from the very first video from the movie theater or something. And yeah. I'm like, that's not Travis. That's not Travis. <laughs> but ever since then, it's like you're such even down to the look, the person. You guys have such a chemistry that I couldn't picture it with anybody else. I you say that it's part of it's maybe helped your success by jumping in. It probably helped them too because I can't picture Blink One Eighty Two without you in there, man. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, people say that. And I'm like, I guess I just stay humble. But I think it's the same way, like how you said, it's like, it's that of a fighter, too. You could have the best fighter in the world sitting in wherever, New Jersey, being the most, you know, I don't know, insane fighter. But if he has no personality, and he doesn't make the needle move. It's kind of it's tough. You know what I mean? And I feel like that it's, it's that way with musicians. And I always tell people like, you could be the best musician, but you've also got to know how to like, be a team and and work with people and be like you know easy to work with and be humble and uh, so much more goes into it beyond the talent you know is there anything new with that with you guys are you guys doing anything new or are you yeah there- we actually we just we just released a song called quarantine that we made during oh, quarantine oh, that's pretty fun it's like classic like super fast yeah. hyper, like 22 like punk music um but yeah an ep is about to come out like we're working on an ep that's going to be out the end of summer Oh, awesome, man. How, yeah. how long have you been uh, been vegan, too? Because I've thought of it so many times, but I just like meat too much, and I'm too weak to do it. But I, I really envy people who are comfortable doing it and who are strong enough to do it. So I was vegetarian since I was, like, 13. And then, I don't know, I was I was in a uh, an accident where I was in a burn center for, like, five months. And in there, they had me eat meat because I was, like, I was just, I was just too thin and I was losing too much weight. And then when I got out, I was like, I think I'm going to actually try going vegan. Um, I, I did the meat thing in the hospital and it kind of wasn't for me. So then it's been about 12 years and I've been vegan for 12 years. Did it make you sick? And uh, Geezer Butler's a vegan and I, and I know that he, uh, he talked about one time being on the road, and I guess probably in the way old days and they had no money. And he said he ate meat after not having eaten it for a while because that's all there was to eat. And he got really, he made him sick. Did it have any negative effect on you when you finally ate it? I guess I had so many other problems. Maybe it did, but they weren't in comparison. You know, I was like, I was in a burn center, like in the ICU for a while. So I would just eat bags of beef jerky. It was awesome. It's <laughs> beef jerky. And how, uh, yeah. how the therapy in that, as I know, I just, just, I've never been involved in it, but I read Richard Pryor's life story and they, and they talk about the therapy you have to go through where they, they give you baths and they have to do things with a brush. And it's apparently it's a very, very agonizing healing process. Oh, it's brutal. I think going through life, I never imagined being burnt. It wasn't even, didn't even come in my thought process. But after experiencing it, I had like 65% of my body burnt. Um, and the surgery process, I had about 30 something surgeries wow. in about four months. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely uh, by far the most horrific experience I've ever had. I'm pretty good with pain. That was a lot. That was a lot to handle, you know? And how are you now? Are you, are you healthy, pain-free? I'm great, yeah. Like, I healed really great. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm so grateful. 
uh, I can run, I can play drums, I can do all the things they said I possibly might have not been able to do again. So I'm really uh, just blessed. How long does it take you when, when something like that's happening? How long does it take you mentally when you go like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to, to do these things again? How long does it take you to get to a point where you're like, no, I'm going to do these things again? I, I think I was out of the hospital like a day or two and I already had sticks in my hand. But I had, I had like an ulnar nerve that needed to be released because my hand was numb. But I was already, I'm a go-getter, you know, like I work insane hours. My friends always tease me like I work like I'm broke. But that, that, I, I know no other way, and, and I was broke at one time, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I accepted it pretty quick. I, first of all, I accepted what's happened, what happened to me, and then I also made the decision that no way am I going to listen to the doctors that I might not play the drums again or I might not run again. That just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty good. Like about four months ago, I, I was running down my stairs in my house, and I rolled my ankle, and I heard it snap, and I just... I just laid there for five minutes and I was like, you probably broke your ankle and just accept it, get up, drive to the hospital and deal with it. You know? So, so you did break it. Yeah, I did. It was terrible, but I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing it and <laughs> just being like, Hey, this is what it is. Accept it. Move forward. Now, so, what is this, this memoir? Now this you're the author of, uh, can I say, Living Large, Cheating Death, and Drums, Drums, Drums. What, what is this? Yeah. That's a memoir I came out with, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I, oh. did, it right after, I did it right after my accident. Oh, wow. All right. And you can get that. Where is that? That's available everywhere? I could. Uh, yeah, you can get it get on Amazon, online? like Barnes okay. & Noble. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's basically my life story, like my come up. I think it's like really inspiring for young musicians or anyone that that has aspirations and, and also that's dealing with, you know, obstacles in life. Like I dealt with quite a few and yeah, it's a, it's a cool story. I, I wrote it to hopefully inspire others. Well, you thought of Rick Allen, you know, like you talk about a drummer and, and an injury you can have that's, you know, the worst possible injury for a drummer losing your arm. And he, he's to me an amazing story, that guy uh, to, 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 to be able to afford. And I love the fact that the band stuck with him too. But I mean, yeah. you know, that's got to be some some kind of inspirational when you get hurt to go like, look, look, look what happened to Rick Allen. And he persevered and continued. For sure. He's an inspiration. And yeah, don't think for a minute I didn't think about people like him when I made the decision to keep going. And uh, There's probably kids. I'm sorry, Jimmy, that are going through those same or whoever, anybody going through those same surgeries. You said you had 30 surgeries. I mean, if they could look at you now and say, all right, he went through this and look at him. He looks, you look great. So it's like, that could be alone, just inspiring. Yeah. I talked to a lot of burn survivors and I'm, I'm very supportive and whether they hit me up in my direct messages or it comes through the, the, the Grossman burn foundation. And I, I usually talk to them or, or try to mentor them and help them through it. Or just a kid that, you know, I didn't grow up in a, you know, a rich kid. I didn't grow up with my kids in the, my, my parents in the industry. I didn't have no ends. And, and my story is one that, that can inspire people to still go, even though you don't have all these, you know, silver spoons in your mouth or, or people, or you're not connected. Cause I wasn't connected. My, my dad was a steel worker and a biker and my mom, you know, had a daycare, you know, we didn't have much. We grew up very lower middle class and I just had a goal. And I had no plan B. It was only plan A. And I wasn't going to accept anything else. Whether how big or small I was successful doing it, that's what it was. 
How long does it take you when, because like everyone, I have a terror of of roaches. How long does it take you when you're doing trash collection before you adjust to the fact that you're going to have to deal with roaches and rats? Or do you (laughs) never get used to it? It's all I knew. Uh, Honestly, my life was skateboarding, playing in a punk band, and I'd wake up at five in the morning and, and pick up trash or dump trash for eight hours. I couldn't really complain. And I was in Laguna Beach, the most beautiful place ever. So the juxtapose of, having one of the dirtiest jobs in the world in one of the most beautiful places in California. I was kind of stoked. You are. Yeah. That's not, yeah. That's, that's the right way to look at it though. I, I'll tell you yeah. right now that sanitation. I don't think that's a bad job at all. They get done early. They got the rest they of the pay. Day. Well, it pays pretty well. Right? Shit. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was, it was, it was actually really cool. Who's your uh, like? I, I, you know, I don't know obviously much about the classic drummers as you do. I, I know I was fascinated with Ginger Baker's story. Uh, I, I was sure you was it called Beware of Mister Baker. Did you watch that? And had you ever met him? Yeah, I watched pieces of it. No, I never met him. I loved him though. Ginger Baker, Keith Moon. I remember the first time I went to England. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you're you're like a young wild Keith Moon." Like, did you ever like the Who? And I was just starting to like really really get into the Who. Um, but I guess I was always into drummers that, that looked like they were having fun, like Buddy Rich, jazz, like, you know, phenomenon, great drummer. Uh, of course, Animal from the Muppets. I guess it, it always had to be someone that you wanted to watch play drums. Uh, Phil Collins was awesome. Uh, drummer of the Meters was really great. Uh, James Brown drummer was really great. I was, I was inspired by everyone, not, not so much one guy but a melting pot of everyone. John Bonham like changed my life. So it was, it was a lot of, a lot of different people. Don't you guys have like the, like the, the, the drummers to me is the hardest job because you get shoulder problems. I remember Peter Chris would complain being on tour in the seventies that he couldn't complete the tour because he was having like, you know, I guess rotator cuff problems or shoulder issues. Uh, have you had to deal with any of that stuff? That's kind of the first thing to go out. But I, so I stopped like I, after my, my accident in 2009, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped living as reckless as I was living. And I started exercising, started working out, started boxing right when my son was born. So I think it's just a matter of like staying in shape and having your body prepared for it. I feel like you're kind of just bullying yourself or cutting yourself short if you don't think you need to train for a tour playing two hours a night for three months at a time. It's, it's something you should prepare for if you want to feel good out there. My goal, and I'm, I'm sure it's like this with fighting too, is you train so much before the tour or before the fight that when you go out there, it's, you're, just, you're just going through the process. You've already prepared for it. It's not like you're getting tired, your cardio's not there, your arms are whatever. Um, I like to be able to have fun out there. and Whatever my mind wants to do, my body can react to and you're having fun. Uh, with, you enjoy the boxing? I see you did uh, some jujitsu also. Yeah, I love, I love boxing. I want to get back more into jujitsu. It's been a weird time with COVID. Uh, yeah, I, know. I haven't been able to train. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, you guys know it's, yeah. it's such a, a bum out. But, yeah, I would, usually I'm hitting pads a couple times a week, uh, trying to roll with someone, just trying to stay in shape, practicing Muay Thai. But it's been nothing, you know, kind of going crazy. Out of all the disciplines, what you like the boxing the best? What is your favorite and why? I do like boxing the best or Muay Thai because it keeps like my fast trigger muscles. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I leave there and I'm sweating and I, and I got a great workout and, and I got like the explosiveness, even though I love jujitsu and I love 
how much smarter I feel like I get like when I'm when I'm rolling with someone a lot. But I haven't done it. It was also taxing on my back. Like I broke my back in four oh. different places in my, my accident. And I still go to the Gracie Academy in Los Angeles. Oh, but nice. I noticed like certain positions, there would be times where I'd leave there and I couldn't train for four weeks. Oh, and it wasn't man. their fault. It was more of like my I I guess I just need to strengthen those muscles. Yeah, it's good that you're but boxing though, and you're Muay Thai. That you like the Muay Thai. So, yeah, what I think about that, that, like the martial arts to get in, to stay in shape or just a workout is you're also developing a skill, you know. And you all develop yeah. self defense. Yeah. Hey, hey, speaking of that, you know, Jimmy's getting trained by the great Jimmy Rivera from the UFC. Did you know that? Really, well, I didn't know that. Well, when COVID, uh, I'll go back to it. It's funny. He just texted me. I think they're ready to, to reopen and do some some. Classes, yeah, but it was, it's you know, again, everything's kind of stopped. You know, none of us have been able to do anything. So, uh, and I've done nothing but get fucking fat. I, I, I literally have just done nothing but eat and avoid working out uh, for five months. Dude, I, should, I should go vegan. I gained like 15 pounds. Longo was making fun of me over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I saw your, uh, when you guys were in Fight Island and you did the skydiving thing, the, the simulator, <laughs> it was so funny. Did, did you ever do that? Did you ever do something like that? No, I haven't. It looks so fun though. It, it looks so fun, but dude, I, I'm telling you, I have a good poker face and they didn't, and they, yeah. sh they, it, you seen how it went down with me, with Dana saying yeah. they needed more wind. <laughs> he's a prick. It's because he's looking in shape lately. He can attack me. But uh, it is, I'll tell you right now, Travis, I, I was almost having a panic attack. I was, it, it's so, you have no control. If, and, and when you look up, it's not like it's cushions. It's like vents and shit. Like, it looks like you're going to go up and just, there's no control over anything. So wow. it, was, it was a little, I, I hate to say the word scary because it's not, it, I don't like to say that word as, as, an, as an alpha type guy, but it was fucking scary. Was How fucking high scary. were you? How high it was were like, you? It goes really high. It goes up like the Willy Wonka thing. It goes all the way to fuck up. And yeah, I just you did good, and shit my pants. Yeah. You did good. It looked like it it, uh, it threw a Bisbee for a loop. Like, Bisbee <laughs> was hurting. Because he went after me, and I was doing what the guy was saying. Yeah. So it, it looked controlled, even though inside, I'm like, hopefully this this. I want to get the fuck out of here. And I couldn't get in it. That, that feeling that the door's right there and you can't even get to it. It's a weird feeling, man. So, and yeah. it's, it's deafening. You can't hear the fucking, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm keeping my cool, but get me to, I'm thinking to myself, I, it can't be that much longer that I'm going to be in here. You know? Yeah. I was going to start this soon. I felt like I was going to start fucking like, get me the fuck out of here type of thing. <laughs> so I, 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 I kept my cool. I got out. So I think he thought it was going to be kind of, it didn't look that bad with me. So in yeah. my, when Mikey went in there, he was, it was fucking, then he felt it and you see it in his eyes, the terror. It was fucking great. Yeah. Holy shit. So I do, I do cardio and I'll just watch, I, I watch a lot of like just podcasts, whatever. Yeah. And I watched that and I was literally like laughing out loud, like, like on the uh, assault bike, like just laughing. Oh, we have great. such a, we have such a good time with that, Travis. We really, yeah, do. it's cool. It's a cool, it's a cool series. It's so, it's so neat to see behind the scenes, especially at Fight Island. That was cool. But man, I direct, that's a nice place, man. It really is over there, you know? So hopefully I'll be going back there again. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're going to need it again. I mean, uh, Adesanya uh, Costa. I mean, and we're, they're going to have to fight there. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming, um, unless Habib. they're both of the states. Yeah, Habib against uh, Justin Gates. You're going to have to fight there. Yeah, they're going to have yeah. to use it. So, do they do they say Adesanya is going to be there, or is it determined uh, on, on uh, undetermined location so far? Matt, do we know? I'm not even sure, bro. 
But yeah. I don't think I don't think they put that. They don't. No, they didn't put it out there yet. But so you watch all the fights, Travis? You watch? Are you like a every fight? I watch every. <laughs> I watch every embedded episode. I watch every weigh in. I watch every post press conference. How did you get into the watching the UFC? You just what, early on, like back in the day, the ninety three days, or did you? Yeah, just like watching. Like I saw like Pride back in the day. Yeah, and then I saw. I don't know. I just would start watching UFC. I wasn't even training yet. I would just be watching fights, and then it was probably about like, ten years ago. I got really into it, and now, it, like, it inspires me to just do what I do. You know, just seeing the training camps and seeing like the vigorous like workouts and me. I don't know. It's so. It's so. I don't know. It's, it's relatable to what we do, but different. And I don't know. I just, I'm obsessed with it. What do you think of the, how do you like watching it without the audience? I'll tell you right now, it's not bothering me at all. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Nah, it doesn't bother me at all. And I've, and I've, I've gone to fights too. I, I actually doesn't bother. It's really no difference having the crowd there or not. They're fighting the same. It's not, if anything, I can hear everyone's corners, which is even more exciting. And I bet it's, kind of cool to be in the ring and hearing your opponent's side giving them instructions i imagine that's you know helpful yeah it's funny at one point uh <laughs> i actually took a picture of the screen when i was watching it at one point in marab's fight i don't know if you saw marab or it's dotson over the weekend we, i was our guy uh marab for john dotson so robbie fox who's on barstool you know robbie jimmy yeah yeah, yeah sure he, he put out here on his tweet Dotson Corner just shouted, he ain't used to this push, to which Ray Longo responded, responded, you're used to this, Marab, all day. <laughs> I remember when that shit happened. I was like, holy shit, Longo. Yeah, the corners are yelling at each other. <laughs> Longo, he's used to that. He told me yeah, afterwards, he goes, afterwards, he's telling me, he goes, the guy's the same, he's not used, it's ridiculous. Fucking Longo's hysterical, man. But uh, it was just funny to hear that, you know what I yeah. mean? And I was so happy for Marab, man, taking out Dots. I mean, getting that win over Dots, and it was huge. Yeah, that's big. You know, he's a hard, he, that guy's a hard guy to, I mean, he has a win over TJ Dillashaw. I mean, he's very explosive and small. I'm talking yeah. about a guy impossible to keep down. Did you see that? He was able to get I, didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, you fight. didn't see it? I oh, caught I'm it right afterwards. Well, so I'm I don't sure know you have fight case. I better at getting up than Dotson. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy better at, at getting up. Did it up. go the distance? Yeah. Uh, yes. Did. And uh, yeah, Marab got the decision. Unanimous decision, yeah. What did, what did you think of the Sean O'Malley versus uh, Marlon Cheeto Vera fight? Did you see that? I mean, I think O'Malley's really entertaining. I think his YouTube is entertaining. And I yeah. think he has like this hype train around him that's really cool. And I think yeah. it's what every fighter wishes for. But I, I even before the fights, I was like, I want DC to win. I think Stipe's going to win. And... I think it'd be cool to see O'Malley win and his hype train goes even faster and crazier, but yeah. I think Vera's going to just be the biggest upset ever, yeah. you know? And sure enough, but, um, you know, I suffered a Liz Frank fracture and that's the same thing that, that O'Malley had years ago. I, I did it in Australia. I was running with a big backpack on my back with a suitcase and there was one of those, you know, the curb is up a little bit ah. and I tripped and I broke my foot in half, like all the ligaments, tendons, bones, Oh. Uh, so I can feel for him if he just re-injured that because that was a pain in the butt. But um, yeah, that was that was unfortunate. Seeing seeing his ankle, you know, get hurt in his fight, and seeing DC that eye poke, even though he poked Stipe too, DC's eye poke was much more severe. You know, obviously by the looks of it. Um, but yeah, those were both 
it was a bum out because that could have been a good fight. When you broke your ankle like that, did you, were you out there doing gigs? Uh, like, did you have a show that night that you had to play? Dude, it was the worst. So I get in and I'm like, I get in the, I, I fall right outside the bus and everyone's like, dang, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. And I'm just trying to like, you know, brush it off. And I'm sitting there in the, in the bus and I'm like, this isn't right. This, this feels really crazy. My tour manager, we're getting into an airport. And he's like, just walk, just get some blood flowing. And I'm walking and I'm just trying to bite my tongue. And my, I could just feel my foot exploding. So I go to a doctor out there and they didn't really have like, for whatever reason, the time we were there, we didn't do an MRI. We just did an x-ray and I said, yeah, show some fractures, but you know, you might be okay for a couple of days. So I played two or three shows with my opposite foot. And then we have two days off and I fly home and they're, they tell me you have a Liz Frank fracture. You need multiple surgeries. You need screws and stuff put in your, your foot. So I ended up playing like four shows, three or four shows with the opposite foot when my foot was broken, but I was in the most severe pain I've probably ever experienced. Luckily I was on drugs and I could kind of self-medicate, but right, it, right. Was, it was, it was really bad. It was painful. Matt just disappeared. I'm sure he's coming uh, back. He's plugging his iPad back in. He'll be right with us. Um, so when that happens, you have to play with your opposite foot. Again, I'm not a musician at all. Uh, can the band hear the difference in, in the playing? Is your timing off at all? Like the audience may not know, but can, can, or, or is the timing the same? No, no, the timing's the same. Like I've done it, you know, I've, there's like a lot of photos and videos over the years. Like when I've, I got into a fight one year and I couldn't play. So I played with the opposite hand. And I played with the foot, my feet in one hand, like kind of Rick Allen, like a, a Rick Allen setup. And then there's been other times where I broke my foot and I'll just play with my foot. It's, it's, I guess it's, you know, the show must go on. I guess. Oh, yeah. You've had a lot of injuries, too. I, like, I'm not what I've never broken a bone. Um, and I know when I do, it's probably going to be my neck or something really severe, you know, because oh, I've just say that. done it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful, I'm sure. Uh, Matt, you all right? You're back? Sorry, guys. The That's thing okay. You know, I just got back from Vegas. My iPad died. I oh, had to okay. go on my phone now. Sorry, guys. All um, right, we're just going through injuries and, and, and bone breaks. Have you, Matt, have you broken a bone? I've never broken a bone. Have you? No. Well, I'll tell you, the beginning, I, I, when he said uh, about his ulnar nerve earlier, I know what that's like. Uh, my fight with GSP, uh, Travis, I told you this before, Jimmy. When he took me down, when GSP took me down, I pushed his head and I cracked him with an elbow. Travis, it felt like I had, you ever have a dead hand? Like, you know, from the ulna stuff, ulna nerve. You, I felt like Jimmy, I felt from like the elbow down, I had nothing. It was the weirdest feeling ever. And I'm like, and it's the beginning of the fight. The guy takes me down. I crack him. I feel like my arms off. He pushes half guard. I go, this is a shitty start. But that ulna nerve thing is no joke because you can't feel your hand. It's like the extreme like dead hand or whatever. Dead yeah. Hand. You know, I was so excited to just get out of the hospital cause I had been in there months, but every day I would kind of freak out cause I could not feel my, my, uh, my ring finger or my pinky, but I didn't want to say anything cause I didn't want them to keep me there longer. So then when I get out, I finally was like, Oh, this is starting to worry me. And then I went, I don't know if you've ever done the nerve test where they stick the big needles in your hand to see what's going on with your nerves. But they figured out after testing that my, my ulnar nerve was messed up. So they, uh, they released my ulnar nerve. And now I have, I have feeling in this finger and about half the feeling in my pinky. How do they so, release the nerve? They have to go in and cut something? Or how do they do that? Yeah, it's a surgery. Yeah, I have like a cool, I don't know if you can see it. I have kind of like a cool scar right here on my palm. But yeah, they go in and release the ulnar nerve. Okay, so you're not on tour when that happens. You have, you have some time uh, 
Yeah, it was like right after my accident, right before I started playing shows again. But I'm glad I did it because oh, just having your hand numb is the most not cool, like awkward feeling. How did you even get into the drums? You were y'all you like you was it high school or something, or you just picked up a pair of sticks and how did how'd you get into yeah, ba basically, like no no musical people in my family. And at four, I just started banging on stuff. I'd put pots and pans and I would bang on stuff. And my mom, uh, I guess, had said, like, he think he's going to be a drummer. And they bought me a kit, like a small, like, kid's wow. drum. And I just played every day since then. Wow. I, I was going to say, yeah. an animal from the Muppets. I thought maybe that might have been your inspiration. I don't know. That was my inspiration. My mom said I would watch the Muppets. <laughs> And I would just set up stuff and hit on things. So, that's amazing. thank God they bought me a drum kit. Right? Yeah, good for her. What, what foresight she had. Like, when you, yeah. when you, that's usually the last thing you want to give a little kid is something to bang more on. Facts. It, it takes a lot of patience. And you just have to have really cool parents to actually have them buy you a drum kit that makes loud noises. And you're not going to sound good for a period of time learning how to play it. Did, and you... So and, when, and you started taking your lessons when? How old you said? So I started playing when I was four, and then about the time I was seven or eight, I learned how to read music from a drum teacher. Oh, man. So I learned how to read music and like learn jazz, and then from there it was kind of, I think I was more into rock music and punk music and rap music. So the teachers were pretty much saying, I'm not going to teach you that, but if you want to learn that, you can teach yourself. So I just taught myself. I would just listen to music and, and play along to records. Well, Travis, look, man, this is, you're an interesting guy. I could talk to you all day, and we know you've given us more time than we had slated, so we appreciate it. Uh, and you're just a, a fan of fighting and a fan of the UFC. Are you promoting anything today, or are you just coming on to talk fights? Uh, I mean, I was just coming on to talk fights. I do have like a new song that I just released with Run the Jewels called Forever. Uh, for any Run the Jewels fans or like my fans, and there's like a, a YouTube video. There's a video, like an official video for it, and it's on all streaming platforms. And uh, and I just finished MGK's album, and it drops in September. We have a couple singles out right now. We have we have a single called Bloody Valentine, a single called Ex Best Friend, and a song called Concert for Aliens. So yeah, that's what I'm busy doing. Keeping busy, man. Yeah, do yeah. You know, are you busy. uh? Are you uh, are you into aliens at all, or is that just a thing that you just named something? Absolutely, you I are. De I definitely believe in the aliens and UFOs. Wasn't your buddy you, the one the, part of your the, the trio? Uh, what's yeah, his name? Tom. Tom. Yeah, Bl yeah. Tom basically like stopped playing music full time to study it and and create a whole company that does investigating into UFOs. Yeah, and I and I I I was I meant to ask you that earlier, and I just I just did, and then you said it, and you sparked that thought. Um, it, it's one of those things that does it feel like? Because I'm kind of in the middle on it. Doesn't it feel like they are gearing up to tell us something? Like you keep hearing that, like they're they're releasing little bits of information to all of a sudden just give us real information. For sure, it seems like when something leaks, they they rush and release something, going yes, it's confirmed, whatever, because I feel like they have to because people, you know, I think even Tom's company is helping push them and kind of challenging them to release actual information and confirm it. But yeah, it's an exciting time. Now, does, because you know Tom, so is there any, uh, do you think there's anything that he is working on as far as getting information out that we are not aware of yet? 
I think he's probably got the same amount of information as the government. And from what he's told me, he can't say stuff and he doesn't want to get in trouble for saying things or, you know, get himself put in a dangerous position. But the one thing he had said to me is there is going to be a time where I'm going to actually like write a book or talk about what's happened to me along the way of finding out all the stuff I found out and some of the things I've been through knowing the information I know. So that's exciting. You know, yeah. you know what the world needs right now to keep us, to put us all together. We need independence day, not the, the holiday. We need an alien invasion to unite us all. And everybody will be like, Oh, listen, we're all with the human race. Fuck Mars, whoever yeah. else is attacking them. Not Mars, but fuck whoever these aliens that are attacking us. If that's it, you know what I'm saying? It would bring us all yeah. together. Ronald Reagan predicted that shit ages ago. He said, <laughs> Dude, it's kind of it's kind of like how like when I'm near the ocean, I almost feel like it's humbling. Like there's something much more powerful than us. And maybe like you said, aliens coming down, maybe there would be peace and Racism wouldn't exist and we wouldn't be in a, you know, war with China and Iraq, whatever. You know what I mean? So like that, that would be, I would prefer that to happen. <laughs> Here's what would happen if aliens landed. Somebody would go back through their old social media posts and cancel them. Aliens would get canceled if they landed here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's so funny. Good talking to you, man. Thank you so much yeah, for, you for joining us. Our show is over. You're, you're, you're a great, uh, fun guy to talk to. And anytime you want to come back, man, we'll have you on. Oh, likewise. Talk, fights, and hang anytime. Thanks so much, Travis. Take care of yourself. All right, you guys. Much love. Yeah, thank you to Travis Barker. That was a, a lot of time, and it was, uh, he's really, he's an interesting guy, and I literally meant to ask him about aliens, and I just forgot. I would love to get Tom on the show. I, I don't know if he is an MMA fan or not. But, I think uh, we should. Well, he was, on, he was on Joe Rogan's a while Matt, ago. I, I'm going to piss my pants. I, we have to wrap this up. I'm literally going to piss my pants. <laughs> All right, hold on one second. I'll Where are you back. going, Jimmy? What just happened? What just happened? <laughs> okay. All right, people. So what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do on Filtered Army, because I'm babbling, and I can't look at my notes because it's on my phone because my fucking iPad died. We're going to go over our picks, give people their due, and then we'll let little Jimmy Bird get out of here. You're back from your little PP break. I, I did talked about all the fights. Oh wait, Herbert. We both took Herbert uh, Burns over Dan, uh, Daniel uh, Pineda, and I, reg I I remember wanting to pick Pineda because I thought the experience, um, but I wound up switching to Burns. So we were both incorrect uh, about that. We both uh, flubbed on that, and of course we were both correct about Marab. I had him picked by a decision, and I think you didn't give a, a way that he would win. I yeah, I didn't give away, but whatever i i felt that he'd win and i'm so so happy for my buddy marab i cannot wait to see what's next for him he's so entertaining he's showing growth in each fight he uh <clears throat> he knew he knew to be more patient yeah. that he, i mean look at him between this and the, and the ricky simone fight when he's on him and he's letting go he's jumping up on his back he's he has the ability to keep doing that but he was he's fighting so much smarter and uh, I'm so proud of him. When you hear him talking about how he grew up in the mountains in Georgia and, and uh, how he came over, he, he now, just now, could quit his construction job so that he could just fight full time. He is the 
he's the true American dream, man. The way he's the way he's pursuing it. It reminds me a bit of like um, how uh, Marlon Chito Vera was talking about his humble beginnings in Ecuador. You know, these guys, they appreciate what they got. And I'll tell you something in common with both those guys, with uh, Marlon and Marab. Then right now they're not out partying. I mean, they, you know, they're back. They did. I guarantee it. You know, it's nice to see stuff like that pay off. And really quick, because we talked about Herbert. Herbert came, looked like he came in a little, a little soft. He looked a little soft as far as body. And I think even Joe Rogan mentioned he had a little body fat on. It looked like. Uh, maybe I'm wrong with that. I thought he said that. Did he miss weight? He missed weight by three pounds. I thought three pounds, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, Pinata, Pinata. Oh, am I an asshole? What is it? Uh, Daniel Pineda. Pineda. I don't have nothing in front of me right now. My, I'm using my phone as my thing. Uh, Pineda, man, I was so impressed with him, Jimmy. Was he, was he did not give an F standing up. He was caution to the wind. He'll stand right in front, roll with something, come back with something nasty. Showing him, he's basically showing him no respect. It was amazing. I was shocked because this kid Herbert's like was on fire up until this fight. And uh, Pineda, he, he even he give he take chances, even if it meant giving his back up because he was confident with his escapes. He a few times was in shitty positions, but you did not see a change in his demeanor. He did not say, "Oh man, it was just all right. I'm going to get out of this and I'm going to work you." It, I was so impressed. And then to get him in that crucifix off the passing from the cross. Uh, oh man, was that rough? Yeah. With, I it so was. I did something very similar. He had tight half guard. And he had the underhook, and his head was on the inside. So when he passed, he just controlled that near side arm right in the crucifix. I, it was beautiful. And I cannot say enough. I'm, 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 I am not upset that I was uh, wrong. No. That's it. I, I want to see what's next for him because he looks like, like this one fight made such an impression on me where it's like, man, he had the prior stint in the UFC, and he, had some, he might have had some good fights, but this fight, Really, just, ooh, just re reunite, not reunited, reignited his whole uh, his whole career. What are you smiling about? Nothing. I'm just um, feel better that I pee. I could tell you look relieved. Yeah. Maybe that's almost over. All right, buddy. We will talk uh, talk soon. I'm, I enjoyed today a lot. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. To, uh, oh, Jimmy, I'm Jimmy. I cut you off. To Matt, Sarah. Thank you to uh, Marlon Vera. Really a great. Uh, Great talking to him. And uh, Ovin St. Prue, thank you for giving us a few minutes. And Travis Barker, really, really a fascinating guy. And uh, great to have him on again, too. We're going to be doing picks on our next call, next next show. Huh, Jimmy? That's always yes, fun. Love you, buddy. Say it back. I love you. All right. I love soon. our fans. Unfiltered Army. Uh, it, this was Matt. Wait, wait. Let's do the goodbye. Let's do our, our goodbye to what we do. Okay. Go ahead. I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. And this was... God. It, this was it, torture. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it was torture? Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you Wednesday. Uh-huh. Later, everybody. Bye bye. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.